Welcome to the February 2024 edition of GCM on the Go. This episode is brought to you by Caterpillar Oil & Gas. For nearly 100 years, Caterpillar has been the driving force behind cutting-edge engines powering the gas compression, drilling, production, and well service industries. Caterpillar is proud to introduce the CAT G3600 A4 Gen 2 engine, along with Gen 2 kits, offering lower greenhouse gas emissions ability compared to previous models. Want to know more? Visit cat.com slash G3600 and read the February issue of GCM. Now, on to the stories. APA joins Permian M&A Frenzy with $4.5 billion acquisition of Callan Petroleum. The combined company will produce around half a million barrels of oil equivalent per day, by Daniel Felber. APA Corporation is the latest producer to make a multi-billion dollar acquisition for Permian Basin acreage. Following in the footsteps of ExxonMobil, Occidental Petroleum, Permian Resources, and other major players, APA has entered into a definitive agreement to buy Callan Petroleum Company in an all-stock transaction valued at approximately $4.5 billion, inclusive of Callan's net debt. The announcement was made in early January and follows 2023's record year of deals, a year in which Wood McKenzie reported more than $100 billion of Permian Basin merger and acquisition activity. Under the terms of the transaction, each share of Callan Common Stock will be exchanged for a fixed ratio of 1.0425 shares of APA Common Stock. APA expects the transaction to boost all of its financial metrics like earnings, cash flow, etc. without overly levering up its balance sheet. Factoring in the deal, APA will still have just a 1.1 net debt to adjusted earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization, and exploration expense. Callan has 119,000 acres in the Delaware Basin, plus 26,000 net acres in the Midland Basin. By comparison, APA has 84,000 acres in the Delaware Basin and 197,000 acres in the Midland Basin. In the latest reporting period, which was Q3 2023, Callan produced 102,000 barrels of oil equivalent per day, 57% of which was oil. Callan's oil-heavy production mix will increase APA's oil production as a percentage of barrels of oil equivalent from 37% to 43%. It will also make the company's production 64% in the United States, almost all in the Permian, and 36% international. The combined company will produce around half a million barrels of oil equivalent per day, including 311,000 barrels of oil equivalent per day from the Permian Basin. If the deal goes through, it would pole vault APA from the 10th largest producer in the region to a tie with Endeavor Energy Resources as the 6th largest producer. APA will benefit from Callan's 5 active Permian drilling rigs, which are mostly in the Delaware Basin, whereas APA's 6 active Permian rigs are primarily focused on the Midland Basin. In this vein, APA's acquisition of Callan isn't simply adding more Permian acreage, but it's also diversifying APA's Permian portfolio. The combined company's acreage will be a near 50-50 split between the Delaware and Midland basins. APA expects to save around $150 million a year as a result of the acquisition. Overhead, which basically refers to eliminating duplicate jobs across each enterprise, will save $55 million a year. The cost of capital, which is essentially managing the combined debt of both companies, should save $40 million a year. Finally, the operating activities of the business are expected to fall by $55 million a year, mainly due to the benefits of scale and the reduction of drilling and completion costs. The Permian Basin is the anchor of APA's U.S. portfolio. Egypt provides 27% of total production as the main contributor to international production. Beyond these plays in the North Sea, the company has plenty of international exploration projects in the works, namely in Suriname, Alaska, and Uruguay. In August 2023, APA reported favorable findings from its appraisal well in Block 58 off of Suriname's coast. Oil resources were found to extend 8.7 miles from the discovery well. 
Suriname is situated directly east of Guyana, which in turn is east of Venezuela. The offshore oil and gas basin is interconnected, but Guyana holds the most potential. Suriname is further from Venezuela, but still a promising play, which illustrates the sheer scale of the offshore production region. The development of the region could have sweeping implications on global production for decades to come. Much of last year's M&A activity centered around the Permian, but Guyana was a close second. After ExxonMobil announced its acquisition of Pioneer Natural Resources to boost its Permian production, Chevron was quick to respond just weeks later with its plan to buy Hess. ExxonMobil Guyana Limited, a subsidiary of ExxonMobil, operates the Stavrik block of Guyana and holds a 45% interest. Hess Guyana Exploration, a subsidiary of Hess, holds a 30% interest, and Scenic Petroleum Guyana Limited, a subsidiary of Scenic, holds the final 25% interest. Due to its acquisition of Hess, Chevron is now partners with Exxon and Guyana. Just last November, ExxonMobil began production of its third offshore floating production storage and offloading unit, which started ahead of schedule with an estimated production of 220,000 barrels per day of oil. Exxon reiterated its goal to produce 1.2 million barrels per day from the Stavrik block by the end of 2027. The theme in 2023 and now carrying over to 2024 is that producers want to ensure they have growing Permian assets while also getting a slice of the basin offshore Guyana, or in APA's case, neighboring Suriname. Hydrogen Report Construction to begin on UK's first large scale low carbon hydrogen production plant by B. Henry Henderson. EET Hydrogen has received approval to begin construction of the first large-scale, low-carbon hydrogen production plant in the United Kingdom. Ultimately consisting of two plants, HPP1 and HPP2, the hydrogen hub will be located at the Stanlow Manufacturing Complex in Ellesmere Port, Cheshire, enabling local industrial and power generation businesses to use low-carbon energy. The hydrogen will be used locally by the Esser Refinery and other major manufacturers in the region, including Tata Chemicals, Encirc, and Pilkington to create low-carbon refining operations and glass and chemicals manufacturing sites. According to EET Hydrogen, this will help to reduce the Northwest carbon emissions by 2.5 mTPA. EET Hydrogen will develop the hydrogen hub in phases, with HPP1 at 350 megawatt capacity, HPP2 at 1,000 megawatt capacity, and overall target capacity of 4,000 megawatts by 2030. HPP-1 will use Johnson Matthey's LCH hydrogen production technology. According to Johnson Matthey, LCH offers very high overall efficiency by coupling a gas heated reformer, or GHR, with an autothermal reformer. The main difference between the LCH and typical steam methane reforming is that the energy to drive the reaction is provided by introducing oxygen to the ATR as opposed to burning natural gas and air in an SMR. Carbon dioxide can be removed from the product gas at pressure, allowing for smaller vessels and greater capture rates. Purified natural gas is preheated and reformed in the GHR before entering the ATR. In the GHR, 30% of total hydrocarbon is reformed by reaction with steam to form syngas. In the second stage of the ATR, oxygen is added and combusts some of the partially reformed gas to raise the process gas temperature. The resultant gas then passes through a bed of reforming catalyst inside the same vessel for further reforming. Since the reaction is limited by equilibrium, operating at high temperatures and steam flows minimizes the methane content of the product gas, which minimizes overall CO2 emissions. The hot gas exiting the ATR passes back to the GHR, providing the heat necessary to drive the reforming reaction in the GHR tube side. The syngas following reforming 
is passed through the isothermal shift converter where the residual carbon monoxide reacts with water to produce additional product hydrogen. This reaction is exothermic and generates additional steam for the process. Construction is expected to start on HPP-1 in 2024 with hydrogen production at the site by 2027. Plant 2. In September 2023, KBR was awarded the front-end engineering design contract by EET Hydrogen for HPP-2. Under the terms of the agreements, KBR will provide technology licensing, proprietary engineering design and equipment, catalyst, and feed for up to 1,000 megawatt plant capacity to be located at the standalone manufacturing complex. We are excited to support EET Hydrogen on the significant decarbonization project. KBR will apply its proprietary hydrogen knowledge and technology to help deliver the largest blue hydrogen energy transition project in the UK, said Jay Ibrahim, president of KBR Sustainable Technology Solutions. This strategic win attests to our commitment toward helping our clients with both their environmental, social, and governance and business objectives. HiNet Northwest. The hydrogen hub is critical to meet the UK's hydrogen and industrial decarbonization targets and is a key pillar of HiNet Northwest, an industrial decarbonization cluster managed by Progressive Energy. HiNet Northwest will produce, store, and distribute hydrogen as well as capture and store carbon from industry in the northwest of England and North Wales. It will use state-of-the-art technology to build new infrastructure while also upgrading and reusing existing infrastructure, which is currently involved in fossil fuel production. We are delighted that HiNet's low-carbon hydrogen production plant has been given the green flag to begin construction, said HiNet Project Director David Parkin. The plant will provide locally produced hydrogen to industry across the region, enabling them to switch their fuel to a low-carbon alternative. Hydrogen will be manufactured at the Stanlow Manufacturing Complex and transported by underground pipelines. Cadent Gas is developing 77 miles of new pipeline, the UK's first 100% hydrogen pipeline network at scale. A complex of hydrogen storage salt caverns will be created in the Cheshire Salt Basin and connected to the hydrogen distribution network. The complex will be able to store around 1.3 terawatt hours of hydrogen to enable fluctuations in demand to be managed cost-effectively without sizing the production hub to meet peak regional demand. Hydrogen production will be linked to a carbon capture and storage transport and storage system designed specifically to sequester CO2 produced by hydrogen production and other industrial sources into long-term geological storage in the depleted Liverpool Bay gas fields. HiNet will deliver 35% of the UK's 1 gigawatt hydrogen target by 2025, 75% of the entire UK target of 5 gigawatts of hydrogen by 2030, and CO2 CCS capacity for 10 MTPA by 2030, equal to the entire UK 2030 target. This is the largest low-carbon hydrogen project in the UK and one of the most advanced in the world. It is a vital piece of the Northwest journey to net zero, underpinning HiNet and providing the opportunity for manufacturing in the region to decarbonize their processes and support UK jobs, said Richard Holden, HPP1 project manager at EET Hydrogen. We have worked closely with regional stakeholders and are delighted to obtain this important approval for the project as we move from ambition to action. This episode is brought to you by Caterpillar Oil & Gas. For nearly 100 years, Caterpillar has been the driving force behind cutting-edge engines powering the gas compression, drilling, production, and well service industries. Caterpillar is proud to introduce the CAT G3600 A4 Gen 2 engine, along with Gen 2 kits, offering lower greenhouse gas emissions ability compared to previous models. Want to know more? Visit cat.com slash G3600 and read the February issue of GCM. Now. Back to the stories. Leveling up the playing field. 
Caterpillar debuts G3600 A4 Gen 2 engine provides upgrade kits to lower emissions for more than 8,500 active units by Daniel Felber. In September 2023, Caterpillar announced the second generation of the CAT G3600 A4 engine, the newest chapter of the G3600 series. The first generation of the G3600 A4 debuted in 2015, while the G3600 A3 engine dates back to the early 2000s. Compared to the G3600 Gen 1 model, the Gen 2 engine provides 6% to 8% lower greenhouse gas emissions, a 33% to 42% reduction in methane emissions, a 9.6% higher flow rate, with an appropriately matched compressor when running at full load, and an optional 10% increase in power that can lead to a 9.6% increase in gas production throughput. The G3600 Gen 2 engine is designed for up to 100,000 hours of operation before requiring a rebuild with recommended maintenance, making it the most durable Caterpillar gas compression engine to date. Caterpillar followed up by announcing that Gen 2 upgrade kits are now available for G3600 A3 engines, not just G3600 A4 engines. Engines that are upward of 20 years old have the potential to achieve similar methane and greenhouse gas reductions as the G3600 A4 Gen 2 engine when upgraded with a Gen 2 kit. The release of the new G3600 Gen 2 engine and Gen 2 kits opens the door to an emissions reductions opportunity for customers that were scheduled to overhaul their engines. The A3 engine population is going through a heavy overhaul cycle in 2024 and 2025, whereas the majority of the A4 engines that were put into service starting in 2015 have not hit their first in-frame and major overhaul, said Darren Bullman, product manager at Caterpillar. The Gen 2 upgrade requires new pistons and cylinder liners, which are typically replaced at 50,000 and 100,000 hour increments. When performed at one of these overhauls, this upgrade is basically cost-neutral. Tightening Emissions Requirements According to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the Inflation Reduction Act provides new authorities under Section 136 of the Clean Air Act to reduce methane emissions from the petroleum and natural gas industry through the creation of the Methane Emissions Reduction Program. The proposal includes various financial and technical assistance programs, funding opportunities, and administrative and legal requirements. The program also establishes a waste emissions charge for methane from applicable facilities that report more than 27,558 tons of carbon dioxide equivalent per year to the Greenhouse Gas Reporting Program Petroleum and Natural Gas System Source Category and that exceeds statutory specified waste emissions thresholds. Waste emissions charged start at $900 per metric ton for emissions reported in 2024, increasing to $1,200 for 2025 emissions and $1,500 for emissions years 2026 on. The EPA closed its comment period on October 2, 2023 for proposed regulations published on August 1, 2023. In addition to the waste emissions charge, the EPA will finalize new reporting rules by August 26, 2024, that will become effective January 1st, 2025. There is talk that new rules will affect a larger portion of the energy sector than before, from pipelines, energy production companies, the gas production, compression, processing, transporting, and storage industry, and potentially even petroleum production facilities and the liquefied natural gas industry. Regardless of what happens in 2025, the bigger issue is that there are growing direct environmental and economic costs to greenhouse gas emissions. There's also the indirect risk of being reactive rather than proactive toward environmental, social, and governance objectives, which could damage a brand, employee retention, and all stakeholders over time. Companies like Caterpillar are making product improvements, both from a hardware and software standpoint. Customers are able to boost output and throughput while lowering emissions in the process. Our customers want to be more sustainable, said Bullman. But if your cost to move gas is higher than your competitors, that's not economically sustainable. At Caterpillar, 
we are constantly working to meet increasingly tougher emissions regulations while also delivering more value to the customer. In addition to the Gen 2 updates announced, we are continually working on the next generation emissions controls, which will provide further methane reductions. The new horsepower that Caterpillar sells each year pales in comparison to the cumulative horsepower of its installed base. Roughly 5% of additional horsepower through new installations could be added to the installed base in a single year. There's just not a lot of attrition in the G3600 platform, said Bullman. That's what Caterpillar is known for. You can drive down a highway and see some of the oldest looking cat machines out there that are still working and still have the parts and service to support them. Upgrade kits are a key component of maintaining Caterpillar's massive installed base of more than 8,500 A3 and A4 units operating in the field. Although G3600 A3 engines can be upgraded to the G3600 A3 Gen 2 hardware set, engines dating prior to A3 do not apply and cannot be upgraded with a Gen 2 kit. Customers with multi-decade old engines can purchase new equipment to achieve their environmental targets. A better value for customers. According to Caterpillar, the company's reliable aftermarket support and parts availability combined with an engine's long life reduces operators' total cost of ownership. With the Caterpillar G3600 Gen 2, midstream gas compression companies can move more gas with fewer engines, said Matt O'Sullivan, Caterpillar oil and gas general manager. Companies are enabled to achieve their operational priorities while maintaining performance and efficiency. Caterpillar's newest engine allows its customers to do more work with less equipment. The Gen 2 upgrade kits are meant to sustain the life of equipment that has been a backbone of the gas compression industry for decades. Caterpillar can reduce costs for customers through both performance and emissions improvements. We are constantly looking at the impact of TCO as we work to engineer more value into a product, said Bullman. The Gen 2's lower emissions and optional 10% power increase with the A4 model is a good example. Maintenance and repair are also key ingredients in the G3600's success. The parts and service network for this product is second to none, said Bullman. Between the Caterpillar dealers, compression original equipment manufacturers, and fleet operators, there's an established network of spare parts, engines, and certified technicians to keep them running. We work hard to ensure they have the right tools, training, and parts needed to maintain our uptime. Caterpillar's emissions evolution. The diesel version of the G3600 was introduced almost 40 years ago, and the gas compression version came out in 1991. For more than 30 years, Caterpillar has kept the G3600 relevant, reliable, and easily serviceable. Economics, emissions reduction initiatives, and increased remanufacturability undoubtedly drove the last 30 years of improvements to the G3600 product line. The question now is if economics and environmental compliance will lead the next 30 years of the G3600's evolution, a timeframe that includes the 2050 net zero target that was announced by the U.S. in 2021. Although Caterpillar doesn't have a net zero target, it does support the goals of the Paris Agreement to limit global temperature rise and is committed and contributing to a reduced carbon future. In 2021, Caterpillar set seven new sustainability goals for 2030, including reducing absolute scope one and scope two greenhouse gas emissions by 30% between 2018 and 2030. The company also set a goal that 100% of new products through 2030 will be more sustainable than the previous generation. Beginning in 2022, Caterpillar incorporated ESG performance into the incentive plan for executive officers. Caterpillar also publishes an annual sustainability report. Emissions reductions are driving a high percentage of our research and development investments on the G3600, in addition to other oil and gas product developments, said Bullman. As we look forward, I think this reality will continue. We know compression applications are converting to electric motors, and already we are seeing compression being powered by gas turbines. We're always working to get more power out of the same platform but we know there's no one-size-fits-all approach. 
As complex and sometimes unpredictable emissions regulations grow, our focus on products and services will continue to evolve to maintain reliability. Regulatory changes can vary by industry. For example, the EPA's non-road mobile diesel emissions requirements in the U.S. are fairly similar to requirements in Europe and Canada. China used to be a lesser regulated country, but has more recently implemented similar standards on its diesel engines. Stationary gas compression engines are regulated differently than mobile engines, said Bullman. They are not certified the way diesel engines are. They are site certified by the operators, and there are unique requirements in different states and countries. For example, Canada's carbon tax is driving some very unique emissions requirements. A universal approach is not possible when regulations vary so widely. Hydrogen gas compression supply constraint. Aside from making improvements to the G3600 line, another way Caterpillar is tackling emissions reductions is by embracing opportunities with hydrogen. We've done a fair amount of testing on hydrogen blending, said Bullman. There is significant interest from our oil and gas customers, including gas compression, well service, and drilling to meet regulatory standards. We have tested several of our key platforms on various hydrogen blends. For us, the combustion recipe is not all that difficult. Most of our gas and dual fuel engines can handle hydrogen blended with natural gas up to about 20%. There is still more work to do to better understand the impact on long-term component life, safety factors, and the obvious economic considerations. We are working to develop a 100% hydrogen engine for electric power generation, but the end-use markets are not very mature yet given the lack of affordable hydrogen gas. That said, we understand hydrogen combustion and the related engine component technologies very well. When the demand for hydrogen engines evolves, we will be ready. Caterpillar and many other OEMs have successfully blended hydrogen with natural gas. The industry will have trouble advancing and using hydrogen in real-world applications until there is a readily available supply. Given the industry is still years away from this goal, it makes sense why interest for hydrogen blending was more popular a few years ago than it is today. However, the hydrogen supply chain is improving. After more than a year of deliberation, the U.S. Department of Energy selected seven regional hydrogen hubs that will split $7 billion in funding as a result of the bipartisan infrastructure law. Collectively, the hubs aim to produce more than 3.31 million tons of clean hydrogen per year, achieving nearly one-third of the 2030 U.S. clean hydrogen production goal of 11.02 million tons. Through technological strides and scale, the hubs should reduce the cost of green hydrogen production. Together, the seven hydrogen hubs will eliminate 27.56 million tons of CO2 emissions from end users each year, an amount roughly equivalent to combined annual emissions of more than 5.5 million gasoline-powered cars. Fulfilling customer demand. Caterpillar is ramping up its supply chain to support G3600A4 Gen 2 new engine orders and Gen 2 upgrade kits. We're focused on launching the product, the supply chain availability, and meeting customer demand, said Bullman. Some of our customers may prefer to keep their fleet consistent and may not introduce new hardware right away. We are working with customers to assess adoption rates, and I expect they will be quite high. The product is on the shelf at our parts distribution centers, so parts are available within days. Now, if there's a sharp increase in order volume, that may change, but we are monitoring sales closely and will be able to adjust to customer needs. ESG Quarterly Callout Calgary Advances $900 million RNG Energy Park Future Energy Park expected to be North America's largest carbon-negative biofuels facility by Walter E. Von Rees. Green Impact Partners has received its Environmental Protection and Enhancement Act approval from the Government of Alberta's Ministry of Environment and Protected Areas for the construction and operation of the Future Energy Park, an estimated $900 million renewable biofuels facility to be located along the eastern edge of the city of Calgary. 
This achievement is the culmination of nearly two years of technical and environmental review, along with consultation and engagement with local stakeholders and indigenous communities. The Future Energy Park is a development that spans two of Alberta's economic sectors, energy and agriculture, that is set to leave a mark on the province's energy landscape. The project will create approximately 800 jobs over 24 months during construction and approximately 100 direct and indirect jobs during operations. The facility will provide annual direct revenue of more than $112 million to surrounding rural wheat producers. It will provide significant income tax and property tax revenues to the province of Alberta and the city of Calgary once operational. Green Impact Partners is using local and regional engineering, construction, equipment, and service vendors and environmental firms for the project. The facility is in an industrial area in southeast Calgary and will be constructed and operated on 52 acres of land that has been designated for industrial use. Once operational, the facility's estimated annual production is more than 3.5 million MMBTU of RNG, more than 79.3 million gallons of cellulosic equivalent ethanol, and approximately 385,809 tons of wet distiller's grain. Thanks for listening to the February 2024 edition of GCM on the Go. This episode is brought to you by Caterpillar Oil & Gas. For nearly 100 years, Caterpillar has been the driving force behind cutting-edge engines powering the gas compression, drilling, production, and well service industries. Caterpillar is proud to introduce the CAT G3600 A4 Gen 2 engine, along with Gen 2 kits, offering lower greenhouse gas emissions ability compared to previous models. Want to know more? Visit cat.com G3600 and read the February issue of GCM. GCM on the Go is produced by Third Coast Publishing Group. Music by Banjo Revival. I'm Danny Felber. For the last three years, readers of Gas Compression Magazine have also received ESU Review. Beginning with our Q1 2024 issue, ESU Review will no longer be distributed in conjunction with GCM, but as its own independent publication. ESU Review is made up of two different but equally valuable formats. The quarterly publication includes our best and most in-depth features, insightful columns, top news items, and laughter from our Lanyat page. Meanwhile, the weekly publication showcases three feature articles and five newswires, published every Wednesday at noon Central Standard Time. To receive the ESG Review quarterly issue, please take a moment to make sure you are subscribed to ESG Review. Subscribing is free. It's also the easiest and simplest way you can support our weekly and quarterly publications. As a reminder, to receive ESG Review, you must subscribe specifically to the magazine. Thank you for being a part of the ESG Review community. We look forward to growing this resource for years to come. Hi, I'm Brent, a producer of GCM on the Go. If you made it this far into the podcast, first and foremost, thank you. We appreciate you listening to the show. Second, be sure to check out Gas Compression Magazine. There's so much more than what you hear in this podcast. Feature articles contain detailed images, charts, tables, maps, and other visuals that they just don't translate to this format. You don't want to miss them. In addition, each issue of Gas Compression Magazine includes monthly columns like contracts and permits, machinery in motion, reliable compression, what went wrong, mergers and markets, hate report, in the news, and so much more. If you've not already done so, be sure to subscribe to the magazine. Not only will you get monthly delivery of Gas Compression Magazine for free, but you can also sign up to get our twice-monthly digital newsletter, receive free access to the GCM Resource Center, and tons of other benefits that come with subscribing. Print, digital, or both, it's always free to subscribe to Gas Compression Magazine. Visit www.gascompressionmagazine.com to learn more and to sign up.